What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, and with my good friend here, Chris. Now, Chris, it's been two weeks. Yeah. How have you been? Busy. Busy? Another couple busy. weeks busy at work again? Yeah, overtime and stuff mm. like that. Business is booming, I guess. No, they just want to give us money. So. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Man, you know, money's not bad. <laughs> not a bad thing there either. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, how's your uh, How's your two weeks been? Uh, well, the the last week. I know we, how the first week went. Yeah, we were getting close to recording. I started having a headache and just not feeling great whatsoever due to the weather going from you know 60 degrees to 20 degrees overnight and it's just it messes with my sinuses so bad um hopefully this week nothing happens because it's supposed to be in the 50s all week long but in the morning times on out and about it's supposed to be back in the 20s and 30s so i'm gonna be a little yeah. proactive and take some allergy medicine and hopefully that you know lessens everything that's going to happen but this past week's been good a lot of a lot of fun things to talk about this episode. A lot of things to talk about, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of fun things. A lot of, a lot of cool things we're going to talk about. But this is the Nerdwide Podcast, episode 57. I want to get right into it because we got a lot and I'm excited. Uh, quick housekeeping. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating on whatever podcasting app you are using, including Spotify. If you don't Let's enjoy do the one. Let's do one PSA. Okay, I like it. If you want to hear the biggest news in this episode, you've got to wait till the very end. Yeah, I mean, it is the last news story. <laughs> It'll be the headline of the show. But sorry, uh, I, I interrupted your normal. No, thing. you're you're good because it's going to get. Ex- I mean, there's a lot of fun things to talk about, and I'm really excited um, to talk about a lot of this stuff with you. Um, cause I've been keeping it instead of texting and talk to you about it. I want to do a live and on air <laughs> with each other for the first time. Um, if you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know how we can improve this show. If you want to go the extra mile, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. There's three different tiers there for you. If you toss us some money that way, there are all sorts of little goodies and stuff. If you go that route, but Chris, these past two weeks, have you been watching anything fun, anything interesting? Uh, TV wise, I have only watched, you know, like the normal shows I try to keep up with, like, uh, Blue Bloods and Curse of Oak Island and, yeah, of course, what we watch, but we're about to get a lot more time to watch things throughout the week, but we'll get to that shortly. Um, we've watched our usual reality TV. We're behind on Bachelor and Below Deck, uh, and Big Brother. We didn't start. Um, a celebrity big brother we hadn't started it yet but yeah. uh, Winter Olympics started this past week we've watched the opening ceremony of it and some coverage from women's snowboarding things like that but the big thing that pertains to this show I started and caught up on Book of Boba Fett two weeks ago and oh if you're a Star Wars fan you have to be watching this because episode 6 which came out this past week of recording was so much fan service and I just, there's spoilers all about, if you haven't heard anything about it now, I mean, you're doing something right, but, oh, it's so good. I absolutely love it. And then our normal stuff. 
is all I've been caught up in watching on. But, you know, Chris, speaking of our normal stuff, let's talk about Peacemaker first. Of course, this is a segment where we talk about Peacemaker and Superman and Lois. We'll be talking about, of course, full-on spoilers for the next little bit while we talk about these shows. We will be briefly going over the episodes that were two weeks ago, but mainly focusing on the episode that was happening this last week. But Peacemaker Episode 5 was titled Monkey Dory. And this was a fun one. Not a whole lot of Mern for this episode. It was our team semi-sort of going rogue and going to take down the Butterfly's um, feeding factory or factory that's distributing all their food. Uh, really thought we were going to get a Gorilla Grodd moment uh, for a yeah. second there. But it's just a, a random gorilla that was uh, had a butterfly in his head, which may make sense. So, <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Trying to uh, we did. Fun. We what Mern we did get though was very important. Yeah, uh, Adeboya using the uh, uh, the X-ray helmet and finding out that Mern is in fact a butterfly, and that one was. Uh, we knew it. Yeah, and I knew that was, was going to happen at some point during the episode, but oh, that was uh, left a big cliffhanger because they were getting into a fight as soon as you found out. And that's what's rounded up into our sixth episode. Uh, the thing about this fifth episode that was a lot of fun was all of the the killing and then the action scenes. I felt like were really well done, and they were mm-hmm. a lot of fun to watch. And I felt like everybody had a key. Even Economos got to use the chainsaw to kill the gorilla, even though Vigilante's right. been wanting to use the chainsaw ever since he's been doing this. I thought that was uh-huh. hilarious. Um, I mean, it's... Still a good show, which puts us into episode six, which is titled Mern After Reading. Uh, we deal with that little cliffhanger that uh, Adebayo knows. We found out that um, what's-her-name knows as well. Harcourt knows, and so does Economos. But he does, he sticks his finger in his ears every time someone talks about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, we obviously we found out, though, that the guy that – the butterfly that Peacekeeper's been holding is the main butterfly, the one that's yeah. trying to to mess everything up. Uh, Peacekeeper Peacemaker's dad gets out of jail this episode. Uh, they go after the police go after Peacemaker. They raid his home. They were unsuccessful catching him due to the police captains intervening. Although he gets a, I thought he was a butterfly, but then he gets a butterfly in this episode inside of him. So. I don't really know what that was yeah, about. Yeah, I don't. No, it doesn't make any sense. It, it probably will once we... Yeah, they'll, I don't know how that works. But then the the not-so-shocking thing, we saw the White Dragon and his clansmen suit up at the end of the episode. And I was like, okay, we're, we're going the double villain route here, which is great and all, but man... Could they not make this character more racist? <laughs> like, period. <laughs> what What is it he calls uh, Sophie? Oh, Lord. Um, oh, he. Or, no, it's it's he. He doesn't call her that. He's saying, as your people would say, like Ching Chong Chop Suey sticks or something right. like that. And she's. How, what was her response? Um, Try to find that one because that was. Oh, I can't remember. She came back at him. Yeah, and, it, it, and she clapped back hard. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, her partner kind of stepped all over it. 
trying to see if I I'm can. awful with these names. Oh, there's well, we've got a lot of characters to remember with a lot of our shows. Let's see. I wish they would have put it in here, but they, of course, don't. But it was a good, good clap back with it. This yeah. episode was had a lot of shocks and a lot of um, crazy nonsense that happened. We found out that Sophie gets infected by the butterfly and calls every single butterfly, I'm, I'm guessing, in existence, or at least on the planet, mm. to the one location, and they invade the, the police uh, department and takes over everybody, including the police captain. So I feel like we are – I think we have – was this the penultimate, or do we have two more? No, there's two more. Two more. And then, yeah, returns February 10th. Not only – not only is it the entire police force, right? It's the inmates that were there as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Forget about the inmates that were locked up. Including some of the White Dragon's mm-hmm. minions. Mm-hmm. So. It's going to be uh, I don't. I feel like this one could have been a penultimate episode. But I think we're going to find out. Oh, we found the biggest thing, I think, this whole episode was that Peacemaker does not want to kill anymore. Mm-hmm. He said, "I've I've lost my taste for it. I don't want to do it." People, yeah, good point. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I'll kill aliens." Yeah, yeah that's easy. And vigilante's <laughs> like, "What well, are we just going to kill them, or what do we want to do here?" So, I'm curious to see how this happens. If I, I think White Dragon will die at the end of all of this. I'm curious to see what happens with the team because now the police department has the the diary, and though that's right, at the very end of the episode. They said peacemakers the ones killing everybody, killed the senator, um, killed the lady at the ho- at her room in her apartment, and he is suspect number one. So, and they yeah. found the diary. We should also say too that the uh, the Harcourt peacemaker relationship it took another step, which is a pretty mm-hmm. big step for her because she tells him her first name. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call her Harcourt, uh, though. So, you know. Yeah. Just me. Yeah, it's <laughs> Amelia. It's a good name, though. She, she walks off. Mm. I'm excited to see where this goes still. Um, I see them getting together probably in the finale. Yeah. Somewhat, one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, but put a pin in the the Peacemaker talks because we've got a new story coming up here in a little bit after we get going because about another James Gunn TV show that's going to happen. Um, now, this big one here, I, I really enjoy talking about it. Of course, this is no new news. Superman and Lois. Uh, episode Season 2, Episode 3, The Thing in the Minds. We finally found out what it was, and Chris, you and I are both wrong. It is not Doomsday. It is actually Bizarro. And that thing is creepy as all get out, and I did mm-hmm. not like it. But I'm still really into the show. But we, we see the crappy-looking suit that he was put in. I don't know who put him down there or how long he's been down there. We find out that the visions that our Clark is having are is the same visions as, as Bizarro's sight line. That's what he sees. Yeah, he yeah. sees what he sees. And the same way for Bizarro, Bizarro sees what Superman sees. Oh, man, that was that was big. We, see, we get a lot more. Um, the other storylines here are that Jonathan is going to be taking, is going to be buying the um, XK, X-Kryptonite drug, yeah. and 
which we see in Yeah, did not see that one coming. And Jonathan did, didn't see him purchasing this, but it makes sense for his character. Yeah. Oh, let's see. What, what, do, you, what do you think the fallout is from this? Now, he's he, we've seen him take it in uh, in episode four. We do see him take it. Right. And we see the, we see the effects. Do you think this ultimately unlocks his powers? That's what I'm thinking. And and or it leaves like an everlasting effect and they think it's going to be see i think that's what's going to do though chris i think it's going to act like a jump start for his powers and every time he takes a new puff it's not going to because and this ep, we'll talk we'll go ahead and talk about episode four which is the inverse method when he takes it the his girlfriend says everyone has different powers and they're all different superman powers she said her yeah. friend could here, her mother having a conversation miles down the road. Um, one has super strength, which is the quarterback. And then the now we see that Jonathan can, has the super sight. And, or however you want to, the supervision is what we'll call it. But what I think is every time he takes a puff on it now, he's going to have a new power and it's just going to unlock it all. I don't, I, don't, I wonder how long it's going to take. But, I mean, that's when we first started this season. That's what my hope was, was Jonathan finally gets his power. I could see this right. happening. and Or like when he uses it, it's dormant again when, he, when he's not using it. But a situation happens and he knows how to use the powers and it wakes up somehow. That's what I predict. Yeah. But uh, I do not see this going over real well with Clark and Lois at all. Like when they find out, there's going to be some big ramifications from it. So, mm. Same thing as something else that we learned in the episode, which is... Jordan's going into training. Yes. Oh, I was really excited about that. And I, I really enjoyed it because it feels like, a, like we talked about during the first season when it was here, it feels like Smallville a little bit. It's got a little bit of that sprinkled mm -hmm. in. Now, when he stops the the guy stealing alcohol at the convenience store, it was Smallville. And I was like, oh, I was like yes, this is awesome. And then she said, the, uh, the concession lady, she said, Oh, she said, don't worry about it. We've got it on camera. We'll find them anyways. And the pure terror he had on his face, I was like, oh, God, that's right. We are living in the 21st century. There's cameras everywhere. So, yeah. but his grandfather, he calls his grandfather and gets the video scrubbed. I mean, it happened in seconds. And then yeah. when he went out, he said, can you train me? I was like, yeah, yeah this is, this is going to be real good. But another real bad ramification for the other son. Yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, but... Um... You know, General Lane's relationship with Lois and Clark is going to mm -hmm. be. Well, it's it's already hit. still touchy. I mean, it's a little yeah. bit better since he retired, but it, it is still touch and go. Mm -hmm. um, we had a, this is a big episode, actually. I'm starting to thinking and looking back at everything. I mean, we we had that the so three of the little super kids, two of them died this episode. Tag yeah. is the only one that still made it out. Um, what's his name? I cannot remember his name. We'll get to it. The uh, not Kyle, Anderson. not Anderson. Well, he was barely in it. Um, yeah. Steele. Why can't I remember Steele's name right now? John Steele. John. That's why there's so many J names in this show. So uh, Henry, John Henry Irons. There we go. But he, uh, him being knocked into a coma with a brain bleed and everything, but and Nat not being happy at all, understandably. Yeah. But I don't know. So Tag runs off with Bizarro's chain, which 
like, was it sapping his power? I don't know what that was about. Like, they never made that clear. They they pointed out, John points out to, to Clark that it started glowing mm-hmm. when Clark got close to it. So, I don't know, is it like a tracking device? See, I don't, I don't know what it did. But it almost looked like it was pulling something from Clark. Mm-hmm when they were locked together in that fight. So I I don't know if it's if it's meant to draw from him and enhance Bizarro. Right. Or or is it just like a tracker that allows him to know when he's near. Yeah. So I mean but now Tag and Visa V Anderson has it now. Um I don't know. It's there's a big rift between the families now, which I was really excited about because I liked that dynamic between Nat and the boys, and I liked the dynamic between John and Clark and Lois. I really enjoyed all of their relationships and how they bounced off each other, mm-hmm. and we got that at the beginning of the episode with Lois taking them to school now, mm-hmm. and so I mean, speaking of Lois, we get to Lucy Lane, and it's the same actress from Supergirl, again loosely in the Arrowverse, CWverse, whatever you want to call it, without actually being hardcore tied into it. So I'm very confused on how all of this will go down eventually. I mean, will we see them in crossovers? I mean, I don't, I don't, I hope so, but I don't know going forward. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. But then the biggest thing we got at the end of this episode with Lois, not Lois, um, Alana and Kyle, is that the other uh, mayor has been investigating and asking about uh-huh. their kids' lives, which is obviously a big no-no when it comes to politics. But then they got to talking to about Kyle about his drinking problem. But no, 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 it's a little bit more than just a drinking problem. Oh yeah. Turns out he, uh, his local bartender and him, uh, have had some had some talks. If not uh, more, as I'm assuming is what they're trying to relay on. He was shoplifting the pooty. Yeah, he was shoplifting the bar. Let's just let's just say that. Um, so we're going to see what that comes out down the road. I, it's going to be a big rift between. I mean, her and Ky- Kyle and Lana have just got to a point where they're on the same page, and uh, nah, not not anymore. We're we're going to see no. a big big ramification from this. But you and know, of course, her her campaign. Is it seems like she revived it because she uh, she did an Instagram live mm-hmm. where she was cooking and stuff to make herself Being a normal more relatable. human. Yeah. Um, but you know, we we also get the uh, the cult storyline. Let me ask you this: With this lady being called Allie, are are you getting any uh, callbacks to the small girl Smallville actress that was in a cult? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. When we watched that episode last week, Jamie was like, "Wait, are they are they really playing off of that?" I was like, uh, "I mean, they're using her <laughs> name and a cult, so I mean, you're you're hitting the nail on the head <laughs> just yeah. a little bit." So I mean, they've they've deviated, of course, from the because she was in a sex cult. Yeah. Which I guess you're going to be in one. <laughs> that's. <laughs> better but, than the alternatives uh, i guess <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's not uh not jim jones there right. but uh yeah i think this is them kind of now what would be really crazy 
Because is she in prison? I think she's in jail. Or okay. she should be in prison, yeah. I think that was the last we've heard about that. Jamie is real big into it because she, she delved a lot into that. Because I was going to say, if she's not, what if they had her pop up? <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> it's a cult. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think? Are you, with this whole cult storyline, do you care? Are you, because I am finding myself, whenever this comes up, I'm on my phone. Like when this storyline is going on, I am on my phone just because it's, they're playing, what they're doing is they're playing off of Lois's journalistic integrity, which she right. definitely flubbed. Uh, let's just call it what it is. She did not do what she's supposed to do as an investigative journalist and lied and twisted the story to make people believe her side of it. But to yeah. me, I, I just don't really care about this. This is the... This storyline is the uh, Kyle and Lana storyline of last season for me. Yeah, it's um, I I don't know that it's necessary to do. Yeah. Um, there's other ways that they could have gone after her journalistic integrity. Um. I think making it about her sister kind of takes the sting away from it, if that makes right. sense. Because I think we know that this cult leader, that, that Allie, um, is it Ackerman? Is that her last name in the uh, show? Website I'm looking at, it's not saying, they're just saying it's okay. Allie. So we know that she's who Lois says she is. Mm -hmm. We know that she's she's not a good a good person so i mean if you choose to drop a couple extra nuggets of information to twist that story to make it more obvious to people that she's not a good person is that a bad thing it, it's right. like you're just trying to wake people up to the fact yeah. so they don't fall victim to this so i'm just i'm not seeing where we should be concerned with Lois's integrity as a journalist. I'm like, hey, it's still, she's got to do what she's got to do. Right. It's she's, family. Yeah, she, and, and she's and doing everything. Well, she found her sister almost dead in a bathtub from right. trying to kill herself to get to the, the other side or whatever it was. And I'm like, oof. She was trying to attain enlightenment. And, I mean, that's she was going think. to ascend, right? You know, like the Heaven's Gate cult, they but, thought the spaceship was coming, to, or the dude. Yeah, the cults are weird, man. And they bought new Nikes for it, though. I mean, if yeah. you're gonna go, go and stop. Yeah, I guess they did. Well, yeah. My thing with Lucy is she was a high-ranking government uh, in the government, mm -hmm. as far like the military, rather. And I'm like, they're they're playing her off like she's easily brainwashable and just stupid and she's blaming all of this she's blaming lois for when she was eight years old being emotionless when their mom left and abandoned them and which is that's what it all ties back to and i'm like lucy you're not stupid and supergirl no. you were not stupid but this show we're, we're kind of making her dumb 
And, yeah, it's first off, I mean, people are going to handle something like a parent leaving differently. Right. And Lois's character is the type that's like, all right, well, if you're walking out on me, then I'm done with you. Yeah, and why so should I did. waste my time worrying right. about you or anything? The other thing, though, is like you mentioned about Lucy uh, and her her background. Then you look at how they're portraying the Anderson character. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they're also making a few, um, you know, sort of taking a few shots at not the military as a whole, but some people within it. Right. You know, like there there are people who just use that power to do things that they shouldn't. Right. Which is, which is what Anderson seems like. He seems like he's going to. It's his way or the highway, and well, he's his big thing is head. America first, and trying to tie Superman down to America. Where have we heard that before? Right. <laughs> oh. In the in the days of a global economy. Right. Um. And he's he's another one that. He's now lost two of the three members of his team. Uh, Tag is injured, right? He probably had a his arm broken. Yeah, something's wrong with him. Um, and now you've got the, this amulet. We don't know fully what it does. Mm-hmm. So if Bizarro can track the amulet, Anderson's in for a beating. Yes. Yeah. He's coming for it. And I, I can't say that I'd be sad if he just beat him to a bloody pulp and, you know, ripped him in half, but. That's my feelings on the Anderson character. <laughs> Listen, I love the actor. As long as they keep him in the show and his storyline is great, I say keep him. I'm re- I really yeah. enjoy uh, Ian. But um, he's, he does a very good job of playing, playing a douche. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Yeah, he did it in Teen Wolf. And yeah. He plays it well. and So... I'm curious to see where we go from here. It, remind me, the X Cryptonite, so the Gold Kryptonite, uh, I think that's what this is, right? But they're called X Kryptonite. Mm-hmm. In Smallville, Gold Kryptonite takes Clark's powers away. Yeah. Because I think that's what his wedding ring was made out of in Smallville. Anyways, so I wonder if somehow Clark gets a hold of it, Jonathan somehow comes in contact with him with it and he loses his powers i don't know so but you know chris we're gonna have to wait so in classic cw fashion uh we're yep. gonna have to wait two more weeks until the next episode of superman and lois um, thanks cw and i wonder i wonder if it's because of the olympics but i don't know that cw covers olympics so i don't really know they're probably watching a new show that's going to air for two weeks, and then they're going to bring Lois mm. and, uh, Superman and Lois back and have it finished. That and one will go on hiatus. <laughs> four months down, yeah, four months down the road, that second that new show will come back for episode three. And they do weird things with their schedules. Yeah, I, I wish just, one of them would call me and just let me know what goes into it. I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it, but I want to know. You know, I want I know to be able that, to know it. I know that they want it to be an actual network, but I almost wish CW was fully a streaming service and they just drop it all at once and let us yeah. watch it. Well, it's... I wouldn't want all at once. I would want it on a dedicated weekly schedule. 
I don't because you talk about shows yeah. longer if it's or and I don't binge them. Let me put it that way. <laughs> or or something like HBO Max where they drop the first two or three mm-hmm. at once and then and then once start one a week between. thereafter. Yeah, because that's oh god, I want that so bad. I just I hate that we have to wait. Like I and I generally I genuinely love the show and this is my. So far, I know we're in what the second week of February. It is my show of the year, just because of how much is going on and the pacing on it. And I hate waiting. And that was, and we've talked about it. I've beat it like a dead horse, or beating a dead horse, is the breaks in season one are what's is what ruined some of the show for me. We had so many breaks last season. Due to COVID, yes, I know, and I get it, but I don't think we're going to have that this season. But CW does this, like you just said, we it takes these breaks randomly, and uh, whatever. Well, yeah, it's it's we'll not back. it's not fun. No. And uh, I was sitting there because I, I watched the latest episode of Peacemaker and Superman and Lois back to back. That's what I do, and. It, and it got me to thinking. I was like, "What if they just dropped Peacemaker in the middle of Superman and Lois?" Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine the tone and how that would just clash. And mm-hmm. makes you think, don't it? Creative differences. I'd I'd love to see it though. Yeah. It's. Oh, sorry. They're doing construction upstairs. It's like someone fell. They'll be okay. There's no crying going on. Uh, news this week or these past two weeks there's a I got eight stories here to talk about the first two aren't really articles to read from first one is Ghost on CBS has been renewed for a season two the second one you which, watched that? yes we're, we're I mean they're doing the same thing where we started watching it last year it's still not done and we've been on like a three or four week hiatus from new episodes right now I don't know because I'm pretty sure that they didn't do the finale yet so I'm like, what are we, what are we doing here? Yeah, but it's, I, I it's really good. It. It, it's even to the point that. It makes us want to watch the uh, the UK version, which is what it's based on. Can I get uh, what app would that be? That's Paramount Plus, right? Uh, yeah, or, we, uh, we watch it on Hulu. Okay. Thought so and all the episodes will be there, so I can get caught mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it, it's really good. I think you'd like it. It's funny. A lot of the actors and actresses on there are hilarious. Uh, Liz from uh, iZombie, a CW show, is the main actress in it. Yeah. And she's phenomenal. Uh, speaking of the CW, the next one here, The Flash, returns Wednesday, March 19th. Uh, of course, they are taking a two-month break from their first uh, five episodes. And wow. they're finally coming. Well, be, I guess it's a three-month break that's coming back in March. So... I want to catch up on it, but I can't because it's not on anything. So I'll wait till it comes out on Netflix. And then this one, Chris, I really want to talk to you about. It kind of pertains to our show loosely. But number three, Peacock lost $1.7 billion in 2021, which is more than double from 2020. I'm going to Variety.com by Todd Spangler. Uh, NBC wow. Universal's Peacock entering its third year of operation sank deeper into investment mode red ink in 2021 with adjusted losses at the streamer more than doubling year over year. NBCU parent Comcast outlined plans to boost spending on Peacock content even more in 2022 and beyond. 
don't think that's the issue. Comcast, in reporting Q4 earnings on uh, two Thursdays ago, revealed that Peacock generated $778 million in revenue for the full year of 2021 with an adjusted loss of $1.7 billion. That's compared with $118 million of revenue and an adjusted EBITDA um, loss of $663 million in 2020. Uh, for 2022, Comcast expects Peacock losses to total about $2.5 billion as its investment in content doubles, CFO Mike Kavanaugh said on the earnings call. Ooh. So, so that there's there's a couple of things I can think of here, right? One is a lot of the shows that would normally be on Peacock I think are still contractually obligated to be on Hulu. Right. Right. Correct. Cause there's a lot of NBC content over there. Yes. I think. Um, the other thing is for people like myself who still have cable proper. Mm-hmm. Right. And I have Xfinity. I can get Peacock plus the base level of Peacock Plus with ads, free. Hmm. That's so we have the basic, which is I think it's like it's only like seven or eight dollars anyways. But yeah. I we have the basic, and the only time we've touched it was to watch The Office to catch up on The Office. Yeah, yeah. and then I think the only time I watched it was um for Halloween Kills. Mm. Right, because yeah. we, we couldn't get the theaters to see it in time to review it, so I had to watch it on on there. Um, those are major sources of revenue that they're losing out on. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, if you think if, if half of the Xfinity cable customers are taking advantage of that deal, you know, you're looking at, I think base is like 5 or $6 a month. Right. Or what would you say? I seven? Think, I think we're seven or eight. And Jimmy pays all of our streaming services now. So, so, you know, seven a month, 12 months, you know, you're at $84. You multiply that out by maybe what? Say even 10 million people, you know, 84 times 10 million is 840 million. Yeah, that's a chunk. So that alone, and then not having your full catalog that you would normally have because a lot of it's on another popular service. Well, and you think about it too is you don't have uh, you don't have original content. I mean, sure you have The Office, you've got um, Parks and Rec, and those shows that are classics that everyone goes back to. But their first or Peacock original that even remotely that I would even think about watching is coming up this week is Bel Air, though the yeah. Will Smith production. Yeah. And I'm not even I'll probably watch like a couple episodes. So they're doing it looks like they're doing weekly drops with the first of three episodes happening Sunday. But that's a that's a niche audience you're looking at. Yeah. And that's not going to bring people. But then they said in the same article that they expect another 2.2 billion loss in 2022. Yeah. Most companies are like, nah, they would pull the plug. So well, I don't understand what we're doing here. 
I guess it depends because it is overall part of um, NBC Universal, mm-hmm. Comcast. So if this division loses money, it's a tax write-off, right? Right. You can just say, well, that that endeavor has has now lost a few billions. So then they have a few years, however long it takes them to make up that loss, where they don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. From from that. Just. Um, just makes you think. <laughs> I, I do. Th- I would like to see a monthly breakdown. I'm sure they won't release one, because I'd be willing to bet when Halloween Kills dropped, I bet their subscriber number shot up yeah. for people subscribing that month. And I'm curious how many people stuck around. Well, that's the thing with that. with your streaming services. A lot of people don't stick around once the show sub- or movie is done. You know. They're like, oh, hey, we want to pay $8 just to watch Halloween Kills. Well, that's better than going and paying for four tickets to go see it in theaters. And then you just, so you watch the movie, and then the next week you pull your subscription. That's it. And even if it's a show that, say, like with HBO Max doing Peacemaker, if that's what someone joined to watch, mm-hmm. then once those eight episodes are up, which it's eight episodes over about six weeks, they unsubscribe. That's just one month of payment. Yeah. So, makes you makes you think. But you know, Chris, I like that you said that. Speaking of Peacemaker, unpin that conversation I was saying earlier. James Gunn says another Suicide Squad spinoff series is in the works. We're going to Deadline.com, and who did not see this happening? This is by Anthony D'Alessandro and Dominic Patton. Uh, there's another Suicide Squad spinoff series in the works. James Gunn recently told us on the upcoming episode of Deadline's Hero Nation. Quote, we're working on something else now, another TV show that's connected to that universe, but I can't quite say it quite yet. In addition, Gunn says about a second season of Peacemaker, which recently dropped episode five, which was this was two weeks ago, there's a really good chance of a season two. We're the biggest show in the world right now, he continued. Uh, he's speaking from the set of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 in Atlanta. According to sources, Gunn has approached HBO Max with the idea for another series built around one of the characters in Suicide Squad. We hear the project is in the embryonic stages with nothing written or greenlit, but HBO Max is said to be high on it based on Gunn's enthusiasm for the idea and the fact that uh, everyone is talking about Peacemaker is what I'm going to add on to that story. So, Right. So. Speculation time, baby. <laughs> yeah, let's get it out of the way first. Everybody wants Harley Quinn, right? Right. That's going to be the one that people are like, give us more Margot Rupp. Mar- Margot Robbie is is Har- is Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that. Who do you think we get? Um, the the funny answer would be Weasel. Yes. <laughs> uh, polka Dot Man. Because he's he Cause, Polka Dot Man would be a good one because he's still alive, right? No, he died. Oh, he died. I'm trying to think of because I. But they they could do his origin story. They could that's do true. A season or two of that. Um. um so that brings everybody into this. I mean, well, I would like a Rick Flag one, if I had to pick. Obviously, Rick, my big yeah. answer is Bloodsport with Idris Elba. Obviously, that's my favorite answer. Yeah. But yeah. You. Here, here's the thing, though, right? When um, and I'm I'm gonna get his um. PDK. 
mm-hmm. TDK was Nathan Fillion's character. Right. They confirmed he he was one of the survivors. He didn't actually die. Right. So I wonder if it could be. He's got another series. He's he's got the rookie on ABC. But if you're filming eight episodes of this, yeah, that's just you, that's not as much filming as it would be for like a normal series like that. Right. Mm. So could it be him? That'd be a good one. Um, Javelin. People love Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I mean, I like uh, John Cena. I didn't think I'd like him as much as I do now. But that's fun. So it's not even like, it's in the talking stage. Not even anywhere close to anybody's radar yet. Yeah, but I don't think you could, you couldn't talk about it unless you knew that the main actor involved was going to be on board. Yeah, they said that they want to. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Uh, let's jump into a little bit of a Marvel world here. Miss Marvel's director confirms there are reshoots happening underway right now. We're going to comicbook.com by Aaron Perrine. Miss Marvel's director has confirmed that reshoots are currently underway. Some new photos Charmaine Obaid Shinoy, I hope I didn't butcher her name, uploaded to social media showed off some of the sights and sounds of the production. Recently, reports abounded of how Marvel Studios was tweaking the show before its big debut this year. Filming was largely believed to be completed in 2021 until that little nugget got out. Lizzie Hill of My Cosmic Circus said that they were pretty substantial, but that notion was rebuffed. As it stands right now, Instagram stories posts are all we have to go on. Fine-tuning this property is a big priority for Marvel Studios as Miss Marvel is one of the most popular young characters. She's got to be uh, right before her big screen debuts with the Marvels next year. However, this is a sign that things are moving along as planned ahead of Disney Plus's series 2022 release. So, I don't think that's anything really to worry about, but I like to know that they're tweaking it. So, yeah, yeah. They saw something in post I mean, that they didn't like. They, well, they did the same thing probably for different reasons with Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Called everybody back together and did reshoots. So. Yeah. So, we will see. But a little bit, so this is all CW and DC shows, and I'm really excited about these. These are, these are going to be fun to talk about. Number six here, CW picks up pilots for Gotham Knights and Supernatural prequel, The Winchesters. Uh, we talked about, I think it was the last show of the Gotham Knights happening or being in the talks of, but CW's officially picked it up. We're going to EW.com by Sydney Buxbaum. Uh, it's kind of a both story here. Well, it's actually... I'll read the whole thing here because Zorro is mentioned in this as well. Uh, the Winchesters are back. CW has officially ordered pilots for a supernatural prequel series titled The Winchesters about Sam and Dean's parents, John and Mary. Um, and DC series Gotham Knights, EW has learned. Additionally, the network has ordered six additional scripts for its Zorro reimagining with a decision to be made about that series at a later date. It's exciting. I mean, for, for all three of those. Uh, Supernatural, CW is going to milk that until it is dry and yeah. done in some some fashion or some way. Um, Gotham Knights, I'm really excited about because there's a lot of ways to go about it. Um, I don't know. I don't think they will, re- they will. I don't know if Nightwing will be a part of it with Titans being on right now. Because right. if you notice, none of the characters in Titans are in our, any of our CW shows. Right. I spoke that out loud, but I think that's right. 
No, I think you're right. Yeah. I don't think they've popped up on anything. Because, I mean, that's something that they are doing correctly in the DC Universe and Warner Brothers. But yeah. we've officially got the green light for the pilot, so I imagine we'll be getting some casting news within the next couple of months. And if it does get picked up, show should be, what, what do you think, early 2023? Probably, yeah. yeah. I think I see them filming yeah. at the end of 2022, yeah, pending the pandemic. Speaking of casting, nice little segue here. Number seven, Donald Faison has been cast in Legends of Tomorrow. I'm going to TVLine.com uh, TV by Vlada Gilman. Legends of Tomorrow has tapped Scrubs alum Donald Faison for a rather mysterious role. The actor will appear in the season seven finale and possibly even season eight if the, some, the CW drama gets renewed as an unnamed character who admires the, the Legends EW.com reports. Faison's character is quote, an unauthorized time traveler with high-profile aspirations who is looking for a boost that only fame, fortune, and glory can provide, per the official description. Quote, but the big question is whether his respect for the team is going to be able to help the legends out of hot water or get them into hotter water. So it has already been hinted at from that one quote. There's more of a longer quote, I forget where it is, about Faison's character that says, Looking for a boost of only fame, fortune, and glory can provide. A little bit later down, because I saw a little statement from it. Someone said something about gold. Um, booster gold is what yeah. everyone is suspecting he is going to be in. But, Chris, this is also something else I want to talk about that's related to CW. The Powerpuff Girls. We have not heard anything else about he's it. He's in the show. Yeah, and he's a star in the show. But when I was so I listened to the Scrubs podcast, which is with him and Zach Braff, and he has become good friends with Guggenheim, and he he wants uh, Donald Faison watches all the shows, The Flash, Legends, all of them, and he's been a right. huge fan of them, and now he's going to be in it, which is great, and I'm really excited about it. So, but uh, the the Powerpuff Girls question is what lingers in my mind here. It's probably dead. Yeah, I I think they silently killed that and. They're not going to talk about it ever again, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And the number eight, DC's Titans are adding three new characters from the Church of Blood. I'm going back to comicbook.com for this one, and I am excited for one reason. Uh, this is comicbook.com by Timothy Adams. The fourth season of HBO Max original series Titans has found its leading bad guy. Joseph Morgan, star of the Vampire Diaries in the originals, has been cast to play the DC villain Brother Blood in Titans. Joining Morgan is Claus's Franca Patente in the role of Mother Mayhem and the A-list uh, Lisa Ambalavanar in the recurring role as Jinx. Morgan and Potente are set as series regulars. So I am currently, the show that I have on when I'm watching while I'm working is the originals right now because we're trying to catch up on all that mm -hmm. stuff. And let me tell you, Joseph Morgan is a phenomenal actor. And the fact that he's going to be a series regular, at least for season four, I am so stoked on because he is going to be so good and it's going to be bloody and I can't wait to see him again acting. So I'm really excited about this news, but we have our, our big bads for season four. Church of Blood. Mm -hmm. I like how we're taking a lot of these uh, DEF, 
villains that no one, you know, unless you're big into the comic book world, you're not really gonna know who these people are and we're bringing right. them to the screen. And I think yeah. that's one of the, the big things that DC does, uh, Titans does correctly. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. It'll be fun. Before we go on to, uh, to your uh, releases and then move into movies, do you have any more spec about Moon Knight? What do you mean? Anything new? Yeah, I mean, there's there's been all this talk about who uh, Ethan Hawke is portraying because in the subtitles, it says it gives us a name, which is a name from the comics, mm. you know. But then at the same time, people are saying that they think he's gonna actually be this other character. And I say I don't know. Like I've with this with Moon Knight, I'm semi trying to go in blind because I don't. One, I don't know much about Moon Knight anyways. And so, like, if I read any of it, yeah. I wouldn't really know what I'm reading. Um, and two, I just want to be surprised. I wish with Spider-Man I didn't watch the second trailer that ever, that we saw with the, with the unedited people out of it. That clearly someone was edited in. Uh, but this is our first Marvel content of the year. And so I'm trying to going a little bit blind with my expectations real low and I want to be blown away. So it's, I haven't seen too terribly much on it, but the, on Twitter is where I mainly, you know, see anything. I haven't seen very many people talking about it on there either. Yeah. So I just be the people. You saw, I follow, the, though. you saw the trailer, right? Yeah. I saw the trailer. Okay. Mm, that's, something like else. Good. that's something else we got to talk about here in a minute. After when we do this releases, so for releases okay. for the past two weeks, on Wednesday, February 2nd, Big Brother Celebrity Edition premieres. Thursday, February 3rd, Murderville, which I do want to check that out. Friday, February 4th is Reacher on Prime Video with our one and only Hawk, Alan Richardson. I'm really excited to start that. I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about it. Also, Friday, February 4th was the Winter Olympics opening ceremony, which I watched. It was great. Loved it. Um, Wednesday, February 9th, coming up this week, the new season of Disenchantment on Netflix. And then Sunday, February 13th, is Bel Air premieres on Peacock, like we were talking about earlier. And it's also Super Bowl, is it 51? I think is what it is. Yeah. But, which brings my question, oh. Chris. Do you think we're going to get any MCU trailers that we're not expecting on Sunday? Um, that we're not expecting? Mm -hmm. Probably. I think we... I know that there's... Well, we There's got, been talk that we'll get a Multiverse yeah. of Madness trailer. I guess we'll just get a new one of that one. I'm thinking last year was the was the big promo of all of the new shows coming out, like Loki, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Was there a third one? That was a third one last year. And Hawkeye. No, Hawkeye wasn't in it because they, they weren't done filming it. But I remember we got like the super cut of all of them in a commercial. Like uh, Yeah. But I think that was it really that when now when did the um was that the stanley narrated or did that come after i think that was after i don't think they put that one on the super bottom you know the, the the one that made everybody cry yeah that's guilty <laughs> that, was, that was me <laughs> um I, I think that was after i think we might have gotten a black widow trailer as well so, if anything, I yeah, think I we'll think, get I a new 
Multiverse of Madness, and I think we'll get a new Moon Knight um, trailer. Or they just might replay the Moon Knight trailer again. And I don't know, a lot, a lot to be watching coming up. So Yeah, definitely. I know I'll be comfortably watching uh, on my seat in my couch. So we'll see what happens with it. You're not going to pay $5,000 for a ticket? No. Why? Why? I don't care about either one of those teams. Uh, the Bengals, I can't stand. I do not like that team whatsoever. So, Aw. I know. But they have Macaulay Culkin at quarterback. <laughs> that's what JP says. I still don't like him. That's, uh, I think it's that's great the new Tom Tom all that. Yeah. All right. On to uh, movies. So, Tyler. We watched one mm -hmm. uh, to review. Did you watch anything else? I sure did. Uh, first one I watched was 21 Jump Street. Just offshoot, watched it. Still great, still holds up. Still absolutely hilarious. Um, and the second one I actually watched today, which was Jackass Forever. So Jackass, I've got a long history with. Watched it um, you know, way back in the day. I think it was in middle school when the, the show was on. No, no, no. I was in elementary school when the show was on. And when the last movie came out, I said it was 10 years ago, I was, yeah, I was in middle, oh, no, I was in high school. And then this one came out, and this one, to me, is how how I perceived it as, was phenomenal, hilarious. If you like any of Jackasses, you're going to love this one. But how I saw it was, out with the old, in with the new, like there was a new crew of friends that they kind of were in most of the, the skits and everything. So I feel like they're going to be the new jackass group that comes through. Which, so they're trying to give them the rub yeah. in this so that they can take over and, yeah. and keep it's, making Johnny Knoxville money. Yeah, because Johnny Knoxville had a brain bleed uh, yeah. off of one of the stunts on this one. Another one's uh, testicle exploded. Uh -huh. Um. Which they didn't show any of that. Then Steve O had, had too. Yeah, it's and then there was a, a lot of um, a lot of male genitalia, a, a lot. So I mean, if if you've seen any of the Jackass movies, it's it's Jackass. I mean, it, yeah. And there were a lot of funny things, a lot of funny things, and then there were some that was very painful to watch. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was Jackass. But yeah, that, that's all yeah. I watched was those two. <laughs> you you definitely know what you're getting. Yeah. And if you if this is your first one, uh make sure you're over eighteen. Because it's yeah. uh it's it's and, a lot. <laughs> and not squeamish. And and not squeamish because there's a lot of pain and a lot of funny, funny, funny pain. So <laughs> all right. On to our on to our review. Now this film, uh it's on Netflix. It just came out recently. Right, so we, I don't know how deep we want to get into the spoilers. Uh, um, we don't have to get into too deep, not to the, not the, because I'm trying to think. The end is kind of a spoiler, but you you know what's going to happen, anyways. Yeah. So, I, uh, so the, the the film is Don't Look Up, and it stars. It's got a great oh, cast. It's phenomenal Leonardo, cast. Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep is in this, Kate Blanchett is in this, um, Jonah Hill is in this. Um, 
Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet. I'm I'm forgetting some people. But it's been Tyler Perry. Yeah. Ron Perlman, which I did not know Ron Perlman was in this. Uh, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi. Yeah, Yeah, we can can leave Ariana Grande out. This is so So the basic plot of the film is that these two scientists, uh, DiCaprio and, and Jennifer Lawrence, discover that a comet is heading for Earth. And they speak in terms of kilometers, so I'm not sure exactly how big that is, but because we don't do that here in the U.S., we because we, we have to do everything of, backwards. We have to be on our yeah. own. Yeah, we're special, right? And uh, but it's significantly large, and it's heading for the ocean. A direct hit that's going to cause tidal waves, tsunamis around the globe. And it's basically going to obliterate human existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and the response from the government, Meryl Streep plays the president. She was hilarious in this movie. Jonah, Jonah Hill plays her son and chief of staff. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of points that this movie yeah, is making. A lot, a lot, a lot of point lot fingers of, they're doing. A lot of points being made. I'll, I'll say this um, in an effort not to give too much away. The film makes it makes a number of points, and and one of them, if you're familiar with Leonardo DiCaprio's activism, it's not going to be surprising that this part of this is an environmental point. And the point of the movie is, even if we know the planet's being destroyed and we can stop it. We choose not to. Mm-hmm. Um, usually because of money. And the the political points made very much deal with a president who's incapable of understanding what the job is, is only worried about popularity and money mm-hmm. and who puts their own family members and friends in high-ranking positions regardless of whether they're qualified or not this does so, not mirror real life at all by the no way, especially gentlemen. not from t- january of 2017 to january yep. of 2021 no that's not at all no right? relation <laughs> no no just they felt like making that point for yeah ran- just random because it reason. could happen yeah, it's possible <laughs> that it could happen. Um, all that said, not a big fan of the movie, though. Really? Yeah, I something about it just didn't connect with me. And I, I, I understood the points it was making. I'm fully supportive of the points that it was making. But I just, I watched it. And when it was over, I was like, you know, that's cool. I hope it gets through to some people. But this is one of those that if I choose not to ever watch it again, I'll be okay. <laughs> it, it just, for what, it, and, and maybe it's because it, I wasn't its, I wasn't its target audience. Right. I, I'm already, you're preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. I'm already on board. Yeah. And 
I'm just like, eh, okay. Um, so that's probably a big part of it for me. I gave it a 2 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Okay. Just because for me it wasn't, and maybe, maybe the political stuff, while I fully agree with what they were what they were doing there, I think I'm still traumatized from yeah. those four years. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't want to think about this right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think so. For me, I I enjoyed. It. I'm right there with you. Not the target audience. Uh, again, I know what they're trying to say, and they did it really well. Mm-hmm. But like some of the storylines in it with um, Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, helm and the news anchor, I was yeah. like, I don't really know why we put this in the movie. Um, but yeah, it, the the ending very predictable. Besides the two post-credit scenes, which was both, I don't know how it's possible, but what I think what hit me was it is so realistic because if that would have happened two years ago, it would have happened the exact same way. Yeah, this it, would have been a documentary. Yeah, and that scares me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was a good, well-shot movie. I mean... If you're in, if you want to watch it, and you like these actors and actresses, absolutely watch it. Yeah. Um, I gave it three stars on Letterboxd for me, but yeah, a lot of it was okay. This hits a little too close to home because this is exactly yeah. what would have happened. And yeah, I don't like it. I mean, down to the point to the the billionaire wanting to get even richer yeah. off of it, and I was like, oh god, like, no. we can make all this money. Right, and you've got DiCaprio and Lawrence, their their characters sitting there going, "The planet's going to be destroyed." Right, <laughs> your math, like your math, is wrong, and none of this adds up. So you're going to fire the person that's telling you, arguing against it, and mm-hmm. I mean, shocker, you know, doesn't work. Yeah. But yeah, um, don't look up. I don't think I'll be watching again one more time. So yeah. It's uh, there and and just you know as a warning, which I don't know. I guess it depends on the age of of the kids watching it. You know, if mm-hmm. it's a if it's a teenager, I think it's all right. Um, there's nothing too too crazy. There's language, but there's no real violence. And until you get to one of the post credit yeah, scenes, the first post credit scene, there's uh, uh it's quite a bit. Yeah, a lot of it you don't want to see. Either. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> and I mean a lot. <laughs> oh God, they could have used some prosthetics and stuff, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, not not terrible. Just again, I think you know we both said it. We weren't the target audience. Yeah. We were we were the choir to their preacher in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, next week. Army of Thieves. I'm excited the movie about this that, one. That, yes, absolutely. Um, that's going to be really interesting. It's a prequel mm-hmm. to um, I forgot. Oh God, Army, think... Army of the Dead. No, it's what it is. Uh, Army of. Oh no. 
we're awful. I know. Um, <laughs> We've slept since then. But but I, I, I wasn't I wasn't going to mention the movie, so I didn't bother to you know. Uh, but it's a prequel. Army of Thieves is the prequel for uh, Army of the Dead. Okay, you had it right. Wow. Okay. And we watched that last year. <laughs> well, like you said, we've slept uh, since yeah. then. I... It's been a minute. <laughs> All right. In news, right from IGN, this is by Ryan Leston. Uh, the Rock is making another video game movie. During an interview with Men's Journal, the 49-year-old... 49, really? I, I uh, thought he'd be older. I, it seems like yesterday he was breaking into WWE. <laughs> uh, 49-year-old former professional wrestler revealed he's set to star in another video game adaptation. Quote, I can't tell you which game in particular we're doing, but there will be an announcement this year. We're going to bring one of the biggest, most badass games to the screen, one I've played for years. Hmm. Um, so that's really the, the main part of this. I mean, they obviously detail other stuff he's been in, but the question, Tyler, is which game? That's, that is the question, and I have been racking my brain, and it's one he's been playing for years. Call of Duty. Um, Call of Duty is one that he could easily be in. I mean, he's been in some Rampage, Doom, the Jumanji, if you really want to call him that. So you, it makes me want to think older, but he says he's been playing it for years. Everyone says it's going to be Fortnite because his character just released in Fortnite where he's been a masked superhero in the game to an extent yeah. for like five years. So... I don't know that that's when you say I've been playing something for years. I think you think old plus. game. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know, but he says we're gonna we'll know about it later this year. I I just ooh Contra, Contra. See Contra would be a good one. I mean that's even one uh -huh. I'd want to watch. But so you have to. I want to. I say I don't know if it's like arcade games or if it's like video game, video game like new era. Because he's done Rampage, he's done Doom, and he says it's a very badass character. Oh, Wolfenstein would be a really good one. Yeah. I'm starting to think about that. Oh, yeah. Wolfenstein would be really good. And him being BJ Blazkowicz. Ugh. Okay, that's that's my answer. Wolfenstein. Killing Nazis, who's not going to want to watch that movie? Right. I think I'm going with my initial instinct of Call of Duty. But... Yeah. Because he's he's perfect for that too. Well, because you have to do the yeah, maybe uh, the Activision deal shouldn't mess with that at all. So, all right, here we go from Deadline and Mike Fleming Jr. New line moving forward with Mortal Kombat sequel, Moon Knight scribe Jeremy Slater scripting. Uh, New Line is getting back into a fighting stance on a sequel to Mortal Kombat, the action-adventure film based on the blockbuster video game franchise. The studio, the studio has hired Jeremy Slater to write Mortal Kombat 2. Slater was the head writer on the Marvel Disney Plus series Moon Knight, which stars Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, and Gaspard Ulliel, the French actor 
who passed away recently in a skiing accident after the series' first season had been completed. Um, Slater is also writing, writing to direct Thread for Screen Gems with James Wan and Atomic Monster producing. We knew this so we're was getting coming. <laughs> we knew this yeah. was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fr- I enjoyed the first one. I can't remember what I gave it. I want to say it was like two and a half, three. Probably more like three is what I came in at for my rating. To... That was during our letterbox days, wasn't it? Well, it's still technically letterbox days. But... Well, I mean, when, when we were doing letterboxed. <laughs> I was, I was more uh, on top of it. Uh, nope, I didn't put it in last year. So, I'm excited about I... it. I mean, I think we're gonna get Johnny Cage. It is obvious um, off of the post-credit scenes or the ending scenes of it. I'm curious to see if we follow the same. Was it Liu Kang? That uh-huh. We followed last time. I'm curious to see if we still follow him or how we're going to do this. But I am excited that we are getting Mortal Kombat 2. And I say, especially with the Moon Knight Rider, which of course we don't really know much about until Moon Knight comes out, how well it's going to be written. But it is a different writer from the first movie. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking here because I thought I had put it in. Oh, I did. I gave it two and a half stars. Good call. Um,. If I remember right, my thoughts were that it it's what you expect it to be. Yeah. It's nothing that's going to blow you away. I mean, we'll see, though. Like you said, different writer. Maybe some other twists and turns. And see what happens. Yeah. Next up from Deadline. Red One. Chris Evans to star opposite Dwayne Johnson in Amazon's holiday action comedy from director Jake Kasdan. <laughs> this comes from Matt Grober of Deadline. Chris Evans is set to star opposite Dwayne Johnson in an upcoming holiday event film from Amazon Studios. The film, currently titled Red One, aims to shoot this year. It's a globe-trotting four-quadrant action-adventure comedy imagining a whole new universe to explore within the holiday genre, plus specifics are under wraps. Project Yeah, it stems from an original story by Seven Bucks Productions president of production Hiram Garcia that Amazon Studios landed after a competitive bidding war last year. Jake Kasdan from the Jumanji franchise is directing from a screenplay by Seven Bucks Productions frequent collaborator mm-hmm. Chris Morgan, who previously worked with them on such titles as Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. The Fate of the Furious, Furious 7, Fast and Furious 6, and Fast 5. Well, he's consistent in what he works on. Uh, So, uh, Seven Bucks Production is um, Dwayne The Rock's studio. Hence, probably the the title Red One. You know, we've got Red Notice, now we've got Red One. So, I'm excited. A holiday action film comedy yeah yeah chris evans yeah. and the rock which i don't think we've ever seen together in a movie um uh, i'm in no i don't think so, so chris evans by the way did did uh have an appearance and don't look up do i remember that 
Yes, yes I do, because I Googled something about it. Um, finally, Scream 6 is already in the works from the same team that did Scream 5. It's expected to film this summer. Hmm. Any, uh, any comments? Uh, I'm surprised it happened so fast. I mean, 5 yeah. Cream or Scream 5, whatever you want to call it. Just five cream. Yeah, well, that's how they advertise it with the number five C R E A M. So I've been calling it five cream. <laughs> like a Ron Jeremy movie. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean I I didn't I don't think I saw five yet. I haven't. I mean I need to watch two, three, and four. So Yeah. One is so good mm-hmm. that it's just Don't want to mess with the formula. Yeah. So <laughs> um releases this week. Uh, already out as we record this jackass forever is in cinemas um moonfall is in cinemas and then coming up february the 11th in cinemas this this will be a good one i'd like to for us to maybe review it once it hits streaming okay death on death on the nile let me put it in our notes thing with uh with kenneth branagh uh, it's a Agatha Christie. Where have I heard the name? Story. From? Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. She did. Uh, and then there were nine, uh, which was also known as Ten Little Indians. That's where I think I know from. And yeah, she's she's done a lot of classic murder mystery stories, um, including Death on the Nile. So it'll be good. All right, Chris. Vigia Games. We got some news to talk about, but I want to know: Have you been playing anything fun? Um, I've jumped back into Assassin's Creed a bit more. Yeah. Uh, making more progress. Um, I'm trying to think where I left off. Cause I, I think I'm, I think I'm over halfway through the story. Okay. The main story. Um, but I'm on the Isle of Sky. Okay. Yeah. For so sure. I just I just encountered who I thought was going to be Randby, but it turned out to be Cassandra, I think. Oh, so you're doing the little uh, that I haven't even done that part yet. Oh that, yeah. Yeah, that's the they just put that in the game. Oh, so I took a detour and didn't know it. They put that in November, I think is what it was. November, December, because that's recent. I haven't even done it. And so what's really cool about that is they put a side story and side quest in Origins. So you can do that and you meet Eivor. But now on our game, on um, Valhalla, you can find her in this game. So I haven't even done it yet. I was going to wait until the new DLC was getting close. Because I've done everything else in the game at this point. So. Right. Besides the new tomb stuff. but Now I'm really confused as to where I'm at. Because... <laughs> and that's one of those games I couldn't really help out with because it is so long. Like, yeah. a lot happens in it, especially in the post-DLC world as well. So I'm like, I mean, I can't, I can't help you there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have been... So this is... I've already started my early year of bajillion games coming out 
Um, so Pokemon Legends Arceus came out and told you I was going to be playing it. I have, I'm here to tell you, I've already beaten the main story. I am on the epilogue on the game and trying to collect all the Pokemon. And let me tell you, that game is phenomenal. It's a top three Pokemon game for me just because it is so new and open world. Yes, the graphics do not look good. They look like PlayStation 2 graphics on the Switch, but which is very disheartening because The Legend of Zelda uh, uh, Breath of the Wild was on the Switch. Yeah. So how how did we come how do we get to this point? But the, the new every all the new stuff in is so much fun. Uh, the story is is okay, but I'm on the epilogue part of it, and I still have a lot to do to catch up on. But I have I beat the main story in less than a week because I mean, while I was sick last weekend, that's all I I just sat on the couch and mainlined that while watching TV. Yeah. And then this week. Uh, came out on February 4th, which we'll get to here in a minute as well. Dying in Light 2. Never played the first one. Open world, parkour, zombie game. Fun. I am having yeah. a lot of fun. Um, reported when the re- reviews came out, a lot of bugs, which they patched a lot of things. But so the first night I played it, Friday night, I already had two crashes. One was starting it up for the first time when you hit new game. It crashed and went to the Xbox home screen. I said, okay, not off to a good start. And the second one was I was maybe two hours in and I was just coming back to the game from something and it crashed and went back, which there's no manual saves on this game. So it's all autosave and it scared me. I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to play another three hours of this from the the prologue again. But luckily, I didn't have to because it auto-saved. But it's a fun game. Like, I am really enjoying my time with it. And I've heard the from the reviews, the story is not that good. It's more about just the gameplay and parkour and exploring that world. And that's what I've been doing. And it is a lot of fun. I I recommend it if on discount is my official yeah. review for it. I recommend it on discount. So, so, so what's your strategy with it, right? Do you choose to lay low during the nighttime hours and then oh no i'm 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 playing on both i thought i would be that way because i don't do scary games i don't do scary movies don't do scary games and this one is is not too terribly bad but the buildings during nighttime is horrifying or even during daytime when everything's dark because the zombies die and get burnt kind of like vampires do out in the sun with uv light is what it is so when you go into the so nighttime all the zombies are on the street for the most part but if you go during the daytime they've got these dark zone missions where you go into these buildings and you're getting materials and things but all the zombies are inside the buildings because the sun's up but it is so dark in there you have to use a flashlight but the zombies if they see the flashlight they're gonna come to you so you use like a kind of like an eagle sense um, that you use in assassin's creed it sends out a little ping and you can see the outlines of them but that's the only scary part for me. Everything else is fine. I mean, they've got their little special zombies, but I'm enjoying it so far. And yeah. I haven't been, I don't even think there's one jump scare that's happened to me yet. And the jump scares that I've noticed are very predictable. I'm like, okay, something's uh-huh. about to happen here. So right. that's so far, and I might be five hours into the game. So That's not bad. No, and I'm trying to play as much as I can before uh, two weeks happens because I'm not going to be playing any other games. So that's just oh, fun. I remember the last major thing that happened to me before I took that detour 
Okay. In Assassin's Creed, we find what we believe to be um uh I always forget the name of Ivor's brother. Oh, uh is it Sigurd? Sigurd? Sigurd. Yeah. We find what we believe to be his arm. Oh, yes. That takes a uh, that's uh, takes some fun turns there. So I'm not sure exactly where I'm at in the main story, but that's uh, I'd say you're a little over halfway. Okay. Yeah, because we do that. Yeah, I think a little over halfway. About cool. 65%, I'd say. So, some fun times ahead, though, for sure. You've got some fun things happening. <laughs> uh, speaking of fun things, uh, first news story here. This is from two weeks ago. Microsoft CEO states more than 20 million people have played Halo Infinite and 18 million people have played Forza Horizon 5. I'm going to TheVerge.com by Mitchell Clark. Microsoft seems to have had a lot of success getting people to try out its games. During the company's earnings call last Tuesday, CEO Satya Nadala said that 20 million people had played Halo Infinite and 18 million people had played Forza Horizon 5. While it's worth noting around, those numbers will include people who played for a couple of minutes and didn't stick around, but it also speaks to the pool of the just download it and give it a whirl model. So... And again, yeah. both of those on Game Pass, mm-hmm. which is where I own both of them from. So that was a cool little metric to still. To I mess mean, with. I know that's a lot of people, mm-hmm. but at the same time, considering the iconic status of Halo, mm-hmm. and then you know, Forza, extremely popular in and of itself. Yep. Right? It's still it seems a little bit low. Well, the Halo Infinite is the most that's ever played it. I think Forza series as well. I think we we talked about that a couple months ago when I first launched. They had their biggest launches they've ever had. But I'm, I'm with you. That's in Halo Infinite now. Not a lot of people are playing that game. Like their numbers are getting lower and lower every week because there's no new content. And they yeah. even uh, last week or two weeks, maybe three weeks ago, they pushed back the the newest season for online another month so well and and like you like you've talked about before we're getting to that season now where we're starting to get a bunch of these releases yep you don't have new stuff coming out you're people you're gonna lose them yeah i'm one of them i mean i've i am i think halfway through halo's campaign and yeah i mean i had pokemon come out and dying light come out and i i don't have that itch to return to halo to try and beat it out yet it's going to go to my backlog until probably the winter to try and play it just to beat it so winter is coming yeah and it's oh we'll see i mean this february is stacked and march is stacked as well for video games and especially with the next two weeks uh, two to three weeks coming up with particular for me with destiny and horizon forbidden west i mean that's there is my those are my games until the summer so everything else is going to take a bank burner. Uh, speaking of February games, February monthly games for PlayStation Plus are UFC 4, Tiny, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon, Keep a Wonderland's One-Shot Adventure, and for PlayStation 5 owners, Planet Coaster. Probably one of the weakest PlayStation Pluses. Yeah. Really. So, I mean, I don't have an itch to play any of those. So, no. But, so... 
Here's the big news that you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show. Sony buys Bungie. And I'll put on our docket here in all caps because this is huge. Bungie being the developers for my favorite game of all time, Destiny. This is big news. And one I have kept my eye on close to. Uh, but first, we're going to go to TheVerge.com by Jay Peters to talk about it. Sony is buying Bungie, the developer of Destiny, and the original creator of Halo for $3.6 billion. The only part I don't like about this article, quick sidebar, is this next uh, sentence. The acquisition arrived shortly after Microsoft's announcement that it intends to acquire Activision Blizzard and deal worth $68.7 billion. These deals take months and months and months, and a lot of people are like, oh, uh -huh. this is only because they're buying Activision. And I'm like, mm -mm. no, this, this has been going on for a, a while. So this was, a, I'm sure that they bought, they entered negotiations because of Microsoft buying other studios, yeah. but it wouldn't have been that deal. Right. So it's, I, I could see it potentially maybe the Bethesda deal last early yeah. last year. I think that yeah. could have been more like, Ooh, we need to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, Bungie will continue to independently publish and creatively develop our games. Bungie CEO Pete Parsons writes in a blog post. Quote, in SIE, we have found a partner who unconditionally supports us in all we are and who we want to accelerate our vision to create generation-spanning entertainment, all while pre preserving their creative independence that beats in Bungie's heart, Parsons writes. Like us, SIE believes that game worlds are only the beginning of what our IPs can become. Together, we share a dream of creating and fostering iconic franchises that unite friends around the world, families across generations, and fans across multiple platforms and entertainment mediums. So, um, a lot of this happened. I mean, this happened last week, and this was even big enough for you to even send me a text message, text message to make sure I was aware of this one. Um, so, Bungie also said they'll continue to be a multi-platform independent studio and publisher, and it will sit alongside the company's PlayStation Studios developers, Jim Ryan, the president and CEO of SIE, um, which he said in a post in a, on PlayStation blog. Bungie's world-class expertise in multi-platform development and live game services will help us deliver on our vision of expanding PlayStation to hundreds of millions of gamers. A lot of things were questioned of, Will Destiny be on every other platform still? Will new Bungie games be on the other platforms? So what, and all the articles I've read and seen and all the statements from CEOs and head of the companies, things like that, Destiny is staying where it is on everything. But the first Destiny on PlayStation 4 had timed released content on PlayStation which a lot of people are not going to be happy about if that happens again, because that's exactly what they don't want to happen. But from what it's sounding in the wording is that Bungie's not going to let that happen again. They're just going to be like, hey, you can stay wherever you want to stay, which is interesting because I keep close tabs on Bungie. Again, favorite developer at the moment. And they've got a new studio they're building that's not done yet up in Seattle. But this is what I really enjoyed. Uh, Forms.com. Is where I'm going for this one. And this is by, oh, Paul Tassi, another huge Destiny fan. Um, and this was this last week. Sony is spending $1.2 billion for Bungie employees for retention. As part of Sony's quarterly report this week, we got an additional piece of the puzzle as to why exactly Bungie cost them $3.6 billion. And the more we hear about it, the more it seems like Bungie's side, uh, side managed to negotiate an extremely good deal for itself and its employees. 
This all started with a surprise confirmation that not just Destiny 2, but future Bungie IPs would remain multi-platform with Bungie, retaining publishing independence. But now we've learned that while $2.4 billion of that deal is to buy Bungie's private shares, the remaining $1.2 billion is going to be to pay directly to the employee shareholders as part of incentives to get them to stay with the company after the acquisition. This is potentially huge, given that Bungie is a company with about 900 employees. The napkin math works out to 1.3 million a person, but obviously that's not how this distribution is going to work. Uh, more will go to higher level executives and those who have been with the company a long time. Less or nothing may go to on the more ground employees or new hires. The payments will be made over a number of years provided the employees stay with Bungie. That's still huge, though, that yeah. they're giving $1.2 billion back to the employees. And again, obviously, the the O's will get more of it. The people have been there longer. Mm-hmm. Your your management staff, but you're paying. You're putting all this money to say, "Hey, this is nothing to worry about. This is a good thing." And I think that says a lot to Sony and on Bungie's behalf. So I'm really excited about this news because we are now going to be getting Destiny movies, Destiny TV shows. Hopefully, is what I'm more so wanting, um, yeah. because not just being with Sony, you're with Sony production studios. Now, uncharted movies, your, I mean, your venoms and things like that. That's them. And there is so much in destiny that could be blockbusters and huge TV shows. I mean, Bungie just said last week that for the new witch queen expansion, there was a hundred, no, 1 million pre-orders for it. And that's just the base number. And each expansion, I think, is $35. So, I mean, that's $35 billion. But that's 1 million different people that have bought to play this new expansion. You've got a lot of people that are going to watch the shows. So, yeah. Oh, it's going to be huge. I can't wait. This is it's a great deal. Of course, I would have loved Bungie to go back to Xbox. That's a dream situation. But now we've got the upside of a production studio-wise for TV shows and or movies. Uh-huh. So, well, and and you told me that not only is it your favorite game, Destiny, but it's favorite game of someone very important at Microsoft. Oh, yeah, Phil Spencer. Mm-hmm. Phil Spencer is a, and a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, you take uh, one of the mascots from PlayStation with Crash, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. Well, we're going to take uh, Phil Spencer's favorite game. People are making fun jokes about that. But even Phil Spencer was congratulating the team. He said, this is really great, you guys. Um, very happy for you all. And I'm like, yeah. this is this is going to be fun. But yeah, Phil Spencer is a diehard Destiny player. So, and he's always so every playing. time he puts money into the game, he's going to be paying Sony. Yeah, in theory. So, but I mean, we own Plactiv- uh, I mean, Xbox owns Activision at this point. So who's the real winner here? Yeah. <laughs> Notable new releases these past two weeks. Dying Light Stay Human released on February 4th. Apex Legends Defiance, the new uh, season for Apex, comes to everything on February 8th. Ali Ali World, the little indie skateboarding game, comes February 8th, which reviewed really well. Rumbleverse, the the wrestling game, February 8th. And Sifu, PC, PS5, PS4, comes out February 8th. That was a big show. I loved it. I'm excited for next week. Even though we are not getting Superman and Lois, uh, we will have Peacemaker and whatever fun trailers we're going to get during the Super Bowl. I'm hoping for a lot. Ex- expectations are, lo- are low because we haven't heard anything yet. Uh-huh. Um, but we'll see. I know 
Super Bowl has not been what it used to be, although the halftime show this year is going to be very excellent, and I'm all here for it. So, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening and or watching the show. This has been this week's episode of the NerdWide Podcast. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms, and forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcasting services, again, including Spotify.com. Speaking of social media, you can follow NerdWide at Nerd underscore Wide on Twitter. On Twitter, you can also follow me at Ty underscore Haynes and Chris at MavTN7. If you're on Facebook, just search in NerdWide.com, and you'll find our podcasting links there as well if you're on Facebook. As always, this has been this week's episode of the NerdWide Podcast, and we cannot wait to come with you next week for episode 58 and hopefully some new trailers and things to talk about. Later, guys.